0: Check, 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 check. This is the one DJ the in with you down, down, road, road, road. What's going on, folks? Once again, it's your boy, Derek Dunn, back with another episode of the interview for Reviews and done. Now I'm going to drop some names on you guys. Chris Brown. Charlie Wilson, Jamie Foxx, The Whispers, Jordan Sparks, Tyrese. Now, what all these folks have in common? Well, they've all been blessed by the pin game of my guest today, the legendary, the underrated, the highly, overly talented Steve Russell, who you also may know was in the underrated group Troop back in the 80s. Now, I'm a big fan of Mr. Russell's work. I mean, he has songs for days, songs that played a big part in my childhood, all the way to my you know, time in the Air Force to even now being a married man with a kid. I mean, Steve wrote a song on Troop's album, Mayday, called Don't Worry Your Mind. Yeah, that was Mr. Yeah. Still Your Girl and before Trey songs Mr. Still Your Girl. So shout out to Steve writing that song and everybody give it up for my man Steve Russell. Welcome to the interview. Yes, How are you doing yes. today, thank sir? You, man.
1: Thank you, man. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thank you for hopping on the line, bro. Like I said, man, your resume is just incomparable and it speaks for itself. So you know, let's just get right into it. So growing up, you know, you grew up in Pasadena, a huge Michael Jackson fan. Um, I remember when you guys were on Unsung a few years back, you talked about how you had one of the rhinestone um, MJ gloves. Now, you know, back in MJ's glove days, you know, in the 80s, right around the Victory Tour and when he was in the filler prom, you know, I was barely – I just started walking, you know, wasn't even in school yet until 83, 84. (laughs) how, How hard was it to get a glove back in the day that MJ had, you know, the replica gloves? Well, my mother, my mother
1: was a seamstress. So she always made clothes. So um, once I got into Michael Jackson, I would go to the um, material store with her, and I would, you know, ask her to buy me a strip of rhinestones so that I could make the glove myself. I actually made my own glove. I made a replica, but I made it myself. I had to make it myself because there was no way I could afford it or find it. You know what I mean? So
0: do you still have the original glove you made, or have you went through numerous gloves
1: oh since no, then? I, no, no, no! I wish I did have that first glove. No, I, I,
0: um, I don't. I wish
1: I did, man. I was twelve years old, man.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, well, I still got stuff from you know that young back in the day. I mean, I
1: still have. Um,
0: yeah, I still have, have some see. stuff,
1: but I don't have that glove. I have my some. Yeah. I have a jacket, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and every now and again, um, you know, my mom lives like literally like 15 minutes away from me. So every now and again, she'll be cleaning, she'll be cleaning out the basement, and she'll, um, she'll find things from my childhood. She'll be like, Yeah, yeah. you know, she'll tell my son, Your you know, your dad had this when he was your age, and I'm like, You're like your mom, man, I've looked at that thing for the past 20 plus years. I thought I lost. Wow. You didn't, didn't found a GI Joe or you didn't found a transformer that I thought I lost as a right. kid, and here it is popping back wow. up. Wow. So, you know, as I stated earlier, you were in the group Troop. You know, I think everybody knows who yeah. Troop is. Shout out to those members of Troop. Uh, John, yeah, John, yeah. Rodney, Reggie, and Alan. You know, I think we all know how you got your start in Troop and top of the um, show you guys were all putting on the hits. Signed with Atlantic Records in the 80s prior to you graduating high school. The first album drops in 88, and, you know, growing up, 88, to me, I think, is probably one of the best years in R&B. I mean, there, there are other great years, but, you know, even though I was seven years old, I remember just how big 88 was for R&B. I mean, you had the Troop debut drop, New Edition Heartbreak, the Guy album, Bobby Brown, Don't Be Cruel. Albie uh, Sure, Yeah, Albie Shores' first album. He it was wet. a great time. To be alive, you know, in '88, Keith was still making noise from no, his '87 album. Man. So when you guys came out with that first album, Cita, "Still in Love," "Young Girl," just you know, classic debut album. Yeah. But for me, I think when True really took off was the second album. Oh no. no, when, no I when I interviewed John, John, I told John, John the same thing. And I tell people this all the time, if you really want to see Troop Get Down, YouTube, their performance of I'm Not Souped on Arsenio, brother, the way you guys worked that video and the way y'all worked that crowd, like we literally saw y'all sweating on stage and you know, as you well as you know, back in the day Arsenio didn't allow you to lip sync, so y'all were singing, popping and locking, flipping, just (laughs) killing James Brown and (laughs) <laughs> yeah real talk, bro. the only group to me, in my opinion that comes close to touching new edition choreography wise is true I mean, new edition had the routine well, we for, were totally
1: different, you know what I mean you know i yeah. uh, I wanted to be different than new edition on purpose, you know new edition was they were they were who gave birth to us, but I didn't want to emulate them. Um, just because they influenced us, I wanted to still be uh, a, an original set, you know, and do something different than them, even though they influenced us. So our, our, our dance style and the way that we, you know, our edginess and the way we dance was definitely to separate ourselves from new
0: Edition. Well, man, it's been thirty years, bro. I still, can, I still cannot respect the true lean. I didn't bust my ass so many a times to do the true lean. So, folks out there, yeah, let's do the true bleep because it's true signature removed, And you know, I don't think I could yeah. ever respect how y'all did that joint, man. So, I mean, give me a little background came, on true bling.
1: That came from a guy I used to idolize. A guy. Um, from Pasadena, uh, the guy who taught me how to pop lock, his name was Donald Ray Dixon. And, um, I got that from him back when I was in the, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Um, I would be walking home from school and I hear somebody say, Hey, little Steve. And, you know, I look down the street and he had just bust the lean. Like, you know, he knew that I idolized him, you know? So he was always doing something incredible just to blow my mind. So he would lean really far in the street with his, with his finger with a number one finger up, you know, like saying "What's up." I mean, he was just amazing, man. So that kind of stuff influenced me. So once I was in a position to, you know, uh, have you know perform and be in in on the stage, I utilized all that stuff. All of my early influences came along with me the entire way. The Mechanical Musketeers in Pasadena, that's that's who gave birth to me before there was ever a troupe, before there was ever any singing going on. Uh, The Mechanical Musketeers, Spanky, Delton, Otis, Donna Ray, uh, those guys were the ones who created Steve Russell. You know, and I get that when I... Go ahead,
0: I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm saying, you know, just agreeing with you. Yeah, no doubt, man. Troop is just, was bad. Like, even still, you, I mean, man. you say like with the New Edition thing, you know, I mean, to me, New Edition had the East Coast on lock, and Troop was like the West Coast New Edition. I mean, five-man group, choreography yeah. was sick. The, you know, harmonies were sick, the suits and everything, and just the way y'all was you know, killing the game. So, like, I mean, I could – got a troop playlist on my, you know, iTunes and all that. I can just talk about troop stuff all day. Now, I think one of the things that really helped you guys stand out, though, was the writing and the production, which yourself did some of. You know, Alan did some of the writing and production. But I think a lot of folks don't know that before you could legally drink, you did a cut for the whispers called – misunderstanding on their more than night album back in 89 this is prior to Addison. <laughs> if i'm not mistaken no so question. how was that experience working with the whispers you know the legends
1: well it was amazing because um i was i idolized the whispers my you know some my favorite uncle my uncle junior rest in peace you know that was one of his favorite groups so i grew up on the whispers the whispers i loved them like he did you know so one day I was working on some music for one of our albums. I don't know which album it was, but I was just in the studio creating it, coming up with music and doing beats. And the Whispers were in the same studio. You know, Universe has it, and they heard some music, and Scotty came in and he asked me. He was like, man, who is this for, you know? And I was like, you know, it's not for anybody in particular. And he was like, man, I want that. And he went and got the rest of the guys from the Whispers, and they came in. And they heard the music; they loved it. And that was my first gold record before Troop even went gold.
0: That's and all I can hear, man.
1: B, Rodney B in the group. I, I wrote that with Rodney. I went to Rodney's house and made him write that song with me. And we got a gold album.
0: Cool, man. That's, that's all I can hear, man. It's it's that history that you don't really hear, and you know that's why I tell folks, you know, even now. Even though CDs are a dying art form, sometimes, man, just pull out the CD and actually read the album credits and see who was writing, you know, <laughs> the songs and everything because that's all yeah, the money is. So, Troops blowing up, you know, it's 90, 91. You got tour with MC Hammer. You have the cameo in New Jack City.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ninety-two goes around and you guys drop deeper. Now, the Deeper Project to me is should have been the album I feel that should have pushed you guys to the next level. Because Yeah, no question. The Deeper album was a concept album and I don't care who you are, what the genre is, I don't yeah. think folks know how hard it is to yeah. pull off a concept album because every single song is the perfect segue and transition into the next song. I mean, you yeah, guys have the interludes in there. You know, it's like you were telling an actual story. Right. And as I mentioned to John, John when I interviewed John, John, it's songs on that deeper project that kill groups and singers' entire discographies that came out after you guys. I mean, start to finish <laughs> from Clays Interlude all the way to Hot Water, that entire album goes. Thank you, that's how Thank you man. That's that album is. And, I mean, you see I, I a really lot of people...
1: That... Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: And I, I really think that the... Um, I mean, not to get into politics and all that, you know, I think the label kind of dropped the ball on that, you know, album, because when I, um, I actually... Went back and listened to it start to finish recently on my website, you know, because I'm going to do a – I did a, a re-listen of it, you know, for my review. Gave you guys, I think, uh-huh. an A for the album. And I don't think Atlantic, you know, no no shade promoted the right way because it's, it's 92, right? It's summer 92. The album came out in June. New edition's on hiatus. Yeah. yeah. Boys to Men is, you know, coming off of run and everything every other group well, no, was boys, in. they hadn't boys the mm-hmm. men hadn't came yet they were on their way yeah yeah and you had the other groups silk portrait shy oh, yeah, everybody you're, else. Right. you're right you're right while we
1: were going through the litigation those groups came out you're right you're yeah absolutely right and see but you know people you know you would never understand the politics behind it the the deeper album you know years later after i found out you know you know i went years 10 years 15 years thinking that because i produced the entire deeper album so yep. I, I put my heart, sweat, and tears. You know, I, I I never drove around in my car being Steve from Troop, the celebrity. I spent all of the years as a member of Troop in the recording studio recording songs for Troop. That was my – I took that on as my mission, and I I, I poured my heart and soul into the Deeper album. And because it wasn't successful, and even though I realized the business – the business decisions we were making at the time didn't turn out to be great for our career. I never did did put that on uh, the album. Not being successful, I took it personal, and I, I for years I thought that it was my music that failed. You know, so I you know the, my ego took me through so much hell about how I failed in that area until you know MySpace came along. And, you know, I created this page and all this stuff, and then everybody unanimously was mentioning how much the Deepa album was their album, how much they loved it. They were naming songs. And I didn't – and some years later, I found out that, you know, once you make a decision, once your career is set up, you never know the relationships that are going on behind a group, right? Right? So when you make decisions and you disrupt the business that's already been in place for those people to make their money the way they make it, you don't realize that you're messing up a money stream that has nothing to do with you. But because you're the artist, you think you're the it. But when you're really not, you're just the prostitute on the corner that's attracting them, the trick, the sale. And when, you know, when you... When a record company decides, you know, hey, we're not going to mess with you, it doesn't matter what the product is. Once they stop spending money to get, um, you know, I mean, even having the, the albums available in all the stores, once that stops, then that kills the sales right there. Because if you remember, Deepa, we ended with a number one record for two weeks in a row with Sweet November. We didn't go out like a group that broke up and disbanded. We went out with a number one record and a number one video. You know what I mean? So we were still creatively, I was still making great musical decisions for troop, because we were having number one records. But the decisions that we made behind the scenes as far as switching management in the middle of albums and all that, that really that Really messed up the business and caused us to suffer, you know, a lack of success on that Deeper album. But people, like you said, you know, the people unanimously talk about how much they love the Deeper album, and uh, you know, I, I really appreciate it because it was a lot went into that album.
0: Yeah, well, no doubt, bro. I mean, you weren't even were you even twenty five yet when you did the Deeper no, album. Not even, not mm-hmm. even close.
1: And see, no, and just, that right
0: there gives me the
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, because like I said, man, you know, it's not a shot at anybody else, but I don't really think folks know how hard it is to pull off a concept album because, again, on Deepa, every single song transitions perfectly into the next song with the interludes and all. Like, you guys told a story, and outside of yeah. – um. New Edition's Heartbreak. I can't think of another R&B group that pulled off a concept album. Normally, you know, it's yeah, solo singers or you know rappers would do it, but like R&B groups, like nah, yeah. like y'all really knocked the ball out of out of the park with um with Deepa. And I mean, the entire album goes. But my joint is number twelve. You take my heart with you, and of oh, course, yeah, uh, that's a good song. Of course, give it up. That was a little secret weapon back, back in the day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but not really yeah. Like real something, man, that Deepa joint, if you guys haven't heard Deepa, you know, I highly urge you all to revisit that album and listen to it from start to finish, because the entire album is, you know, damn near perfect. So shout out to Troop for, you know, that strong album. So, you yeah. know, after Deepa, yeah. After Deep, you guys probably dropped, you know, the '94 album. I won't get too get too much into that one, but shout out to you for having "Let's Get Warm," another Slow Jam classic. Now we can it. That's
1: that's that's another brick in the house that uh, troop built. You know, nothing to run from. You know, there's a story there. What? You know.
0: Well, I mean, I can tell you from that joint, um, I like the up-tempo stuff, but, I mean, I think for me, you know, I'm more of a ballad cat and more of a slow jam cat, This is what I grew up yeah. on. So, yeah. you know, 94 album, a little something, something, that's yourself, Demetrius Shipp, and Alan, if I'm not mistaken. Songs of that album? Well actually, well, actually,
1: everybody participated on that album.
0: John John yeah.
1: participated. Everybody was involved in the creation of the album. <laughs> um it we just had a difference in opinion about the people that we were working with and the other members decided not to be a part of it so um okay you know it, it was just a situation where we just didn't we agreed to disagree and you know we didn't really promote it because the energy was bad so we didn't even really try to promote it or do visuals, we didn't do any videos or anything, you know, it was something that we released just to to take care of our contractual obligation, you know what I mean, and move on yeah. past really, you know. But we have some really
0: good songs on that album. Oh yeah, Let's Get Warm, Break It Dawn, the Get It On, Get Loose, Blowing My Mind, yeah, ninety 94 <laughs> bro. <laughs> Middle school. Middle school is when you get know, older you uh really like use it. And I mean I can let you know um that back in my DJ days, I would always, you know, purposely throwing nineties tracks on there. Right. On uh, Mixed CDs just to promote you guys and be like, yo, Troop got and then people always ask me, Troop got something new and I'm like, nah man, it's like eleven years old, but it sounds like it's new, ain't it? <laughs> shout out right. to y'all man for really um, doing it big. Like I said, I, I was stationed in the UK, so a lot of okay. folks they were there, love. Let's Get Warm. They loved um, Blowing My Mind. and A couple other, um, Get Loose from the a little something-something album, because I'm like, yo, Troop had more than all I do is think you. They had more than spreading my way. Right. Like,
1: yeah, people you don't, loud,
0: people don't you get, get to that. Yeah. In
1: the yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot right, of people so that, album, Yeah. It's 98. And it's a, go ahead. Uh, so no, it's a it's a, I don't even cut off like so. I'm I'm trying to get everything in there, true wise before we hit the closing stuff. So. All right, yeah, so it's yeah, ninety eight. Yeah. And yep. you guys dropped Mayday. Now, yeah, um, for me Mayday, I didn't know about the Mayday album until, Once again, in the UK, I'm in London, right, and I'm just um, I'm right. walking around London. Right. I go to a music store. And I see, you know, the Mayday CD when I'm just looking through CDs because I know, like, over there, they got an appreciation for, you know, real R&B. So I'm like, Mayday? What the hell, you know, what the heck is this? Like, when did Troop Drop this? So I picked it up. Now, Mayday dropped 98. It was independent. A bit ahead of its time because, yeah. you know, independent music hadn't really came yeah, through Yeah, people weren't independent yet. <laughs> yeah. But, bruh, the songs on that joint, too? When I tell you that Don't Worry Your Mind like stayed on repeat, that was like the Mrs. Steel girl. Yeah, that's one of my favorites And and get with me because he can't do what I can do. I I won't
1: waste your time,
0: baby. baby. (laughs) That's a good song, man. And then the the Michael Jackson influences on Fly Away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I Love Only You and Yes. Another I love only you is one of my favorites as well. What about um So in Love? Now, when I read the credits on that one, I saw the name uh Curtis Mayfield.
1: Yes, Who's sir. The, um, the writer. He wrote
0: yeah, that Yeah now who was who was who was the original singer for of that song or did did he write that guy? Did he write that specifically for uh, you guys?
1: No, Leroy Hudson Leroy Hudson is the original artist, one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite singers on the planet, Leroy Hudson, which was an artist signed to Curtis Mayfield. And Curtis Mayfield produced the song and wrote the song. And that, that's yeah, one of my favorite be, songs, yeah.
0: Yeah. See, folks, this right here is real R&B. You get history lesson. This man is telling me something I didn't know because for years, man, I've been trying to find out the original artist is so in love for at least You got to hear
1: it. When you hear Leroy Hudson's version of of "So in Love," you're not even going to be interested in the true version. Wow,
0: well, well, yeah, the
1: original. The, that I have to say, you know, I always pride myself on doing really good remakes, but "So in Love" came out okay, but it it has no match to the original, the Leroy Hudson version. It's masterful.
0: Cool. i'm am I'm gonna check it out
1: you gotta check it out
0: all right so troop you know goes on goes on hiatus after that album and slowly but surely Steve Russell starts building a name for himself as and with a the underdog. writer yep. now yep folks when I say this man's pen game is crazy, his pen game. It's crazy. So let's just, you know, let's just run through it and start, you know, start with some of the songs you wrote for other people. One of the first big songs you wrote that people were shocked about who don't read the album credits, of course, was um, B2K's Got to Be, which, you know, of course on Unsung. You're good. Is- You're good. <laughs> I got some more stuff coming for me. So, all right. So- <laughs>
1: Yeah, B2K was the song that gave me my traction as a songwriter.
0: Yeah, and you, and that was supposed to be, you know, it was, it was like a troop song. The way they sang it, the no way question. that they, um, you know, <laughs> came in. So you wrote that one. You also had a hand in.
1: Why I wrote I love and you.
0: produced that one.
1: Yeah, and I wrote, I wrote and arranged "Why I Love You" with my buddy Troy Taylor. Yeah.
0: Yeah, shout out Troy Taylor. Now, when I interviewed, um. Troy Taylor, you know, I asked him about B2K because when B2K was out, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they were probably like the last group, really, the young group to really hit and all that. And, yeah. you know, they could dance. They could – but, you know, they just had that one lead singer. And one of the questions I asked Troy, because like yourself, you know, Troy's a, Troy a legend. So, Oh, yeah. Do you think that um, B2K had the potential to actually – mature and become like a credible R and B group, you know. And he was like, Yeah, you know, like as quiet as it's kept, you know, Jay Book can actually sing, but the label only focused on Omarion. Omarion, yes. So we I was like, Yeah, yeah but he was like, Yeah, Jay Book could actually sing. And Troy even said he was like, I was trying to get them like, Yeah, I'm telling you, let Book have yeah, the person was- Duke can actually sing. Mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, the label didn't give you know, J Boogie a chance.
1: Yeah. um no, the label wasn't interested in anything except for having great sounding records, no matter how they got them, and focus, let the focus be on the one main talented lead singer in the sense of he's the front man and we're going to use him. You know what I mean? We're not going to confuse it right away. We're going to let be the front man and we're going to you know, Steve, we need this, I mean, you know. And we worked it the best we could, you know. oh did a great job. Hey, oh,
0: yeah, it's not a shot of the Marianne at all. He just, um... Oh, oh, oh no, no, know. no, I know that.
1: I know that. <laughs> yeah. I know that. No, I know that for sure. And I was singing on all those records, man. CSM, more knowledge, folks, more, um... More listen things. to the backgrounds. Listen to the backgrounds of "Why I Love You" and "Gots to Be," and tell me if it's not troop. <laughs> it's why I stuck at radio so well because the sound troop sound was, the, the, you know, sonically was already a radio sound. So for B2K to come with that same sound, it just worked automatically.
0: Cool. So how'd you end up linking up with the? Um the underdogs, and that's when you really took off as yourself with the, um, the underdogs. That's, um, you know, Damon Thomas, Harvey, and Antonio uh, Antonio Dixon. So how do you end up linking with the underdogs, you know, to start with well, that, that writing relationship?
1: Well, the underdogs are actually Damon Thomas and Harvey Mason, Jr. And me and Harvey Mason, Jr., um, me and Harvey Mason had been writing song since since 92 Um, I was working for a producer named Vasal Benford and Harvey Mason came in as our engineer and he happened to be a really good songwriter and engineer and we used to get locked in the studio overnight and but we would we would use the studio time to write songs for me and Harvey we had already developed this this writing this songwriting partnership between ourselves long before Damon came along, long before the underdogs. But anyway, at the time where I finished the Mayday album, uh, Harvey Mason was, had just finished the Michael Jackson album and Butterflies album. And he he met Damon Thomas at that time. And he came to visit me and asked me, did I want to be a part of this songwriting team? Well, he suggested to me that it would be a wonderful idea for me to be a part of this songwriting team. And, uh, it was right on time for me because I was ready to move on from troop and it was perfect, you know, um, and the rest was history, man. Um, we wrote songs for everybody in the business. We had almost a 10, almost a 10 year run, man, of right hits for people.
0: Hi, bruh. Well, you mentioned that I was, um, I knew my stuff and everything. So let's, uh, take a quick Let's take a quick trick down memory lane with some of the songs you've written. And I haven't even touched on the other stuff yet, so I just want to know a quick little thing of what you remember about the person that sang the song and recording it. All right, so another personal favorite from 02 from Mario's first album, when Mario still had the braids. What's your name in? That's
1: Steve Russell Special. Yeah, I don't know what your name is. That's one of my favorite songs. That song was written for Alan McNeil from Troop. The concept of that was, uh, I you know, I used it in the situation where we had a young artist come in, but the music, the music and all that was written for a song for Alan. So when I first started getting a lot of placements, they were song ideas that I had saved up for this Troop album that I thought was going to happen at some time, you know? And what your name is is one of them, but anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Nah, bro, that's all I love, man. I said you give you giving me history, man. The man in your life, Jazzy.
1: Oh wow, what do you know about that? <laughs> wow, <laughs> I forgot about that song. Wow.
0: Yeah, dope group. They didn't get their Just um, To Do, but, you know. No, they have a really great song. Wow.
1: You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, I thought you were going to list another song. No, like,
0: no. Nah, nah, so, I mean, the, the, the backstory on that one, if you remember anything about that one, uh, Jazz A.
1: Yeah, the man of your well, life. I had Jazzy. A. I met Jazzy A through an attorney, a Jewish attorney friend uh of mine. Um they were signed uh Susan Joseph. She loved Jazze. She loved every member. She wanted Susan wanted these guys to be superstars and she loved me as a songwriter. For some reason she just thought I was the next thing, the baby face or something. And she wanted me to really work with these guys and um you know but they finally got some a little momentum going but um you know uh, not everything works out the way it, it it could or should but um i had a wonderful time working with jazzy we ended up becoming really good friends um uh, but that's how i ended up getting that gig and meeting them was because my attorney um his sister Love the group and asked me would I be a part of it, and that's how I got. I worked with them.
0: Frankie J, gone.
1: Ooh, one of my favorite songs, man. Wow, Frankie J. Now I love Frankie J. I think he's so talented. I think he's amazing, and uh, I was working with Sony. I had a I had a deal with Sony, and they were letting me produce all their artists. And Frankie J, after I did B2K, Dave McPherson at Sony wanted me to do Frankie J. And uh, me and one of my best friends, Mishka, we wrote that song, Gone, for um, for uh, uh, Frankie J. That's one of my favorite songs. I re-released it on a, one of my solo releases called The Love Song. I think it's volume one or volume two. I released my version of it. I love that song.
0: All right, we're going go to go into your, do a quick pop record before we end with the R&B song. Okay. Elliot, you mean Be Apart? What do you know about that, man? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, uh, I re-released that as well. Me and me and Elliot did that as a duet on my album, uh, the Swept Away album that I released in 2015. Uh <laughs> uh again i was working with uh, i met Elliot through uh the record company record i had i was working with uh midi mafia uh they did uh twenty one questions for fifty cent and i was working and writing with them they wanted me to write a bunch of songs a bunch of pop songs and um that's how i met elliot um that song be a part of me uh they loved it and I end up meeting Elliot and we become became best of friends and um, that's how we end up doing the song. Which it is a great song. Ellie I mean. love
0: that song. Yeah and folks Elliot I mean was on the fifth season of American Idol, that's the season that I think it's season Carrie Underwood won, I'm not mistake. Yeah. Anyway Yeah Elliot was a hell of a singer and Elliot was very soulful and for whatever reason he didn't get his just to do I feel like in the um in the industry, but do was very, very talented, it's just a naturally soulful you know, singer, right? Just a, a cool a cool homie. So if you haven't heard any of Elliot's work, check Elliot's work out. Now this last one I'm gonna hit you with is um a questionable song. When this song came out back in oh four we all questioned, you know, over in the U.K., because it was another mixtape, fav- another mixtape favorite uh-huh. Why it was on the album it was on. And that song is Avant Can't Wait, which is on the Shark Tale soundtrack.
1: Wow. Yeah, me and Tony Dixon wrote that. That's me and Tony. That's me and Tony, man. Uh, yeah, that's one, that's one of my favorite songs, too. I want to yeah. give you plenty that's a good song right there. That was on the yeah, Shark Tale soundtrack.
0: Yeah, and when it dropped, man, cause, you know this is like when Avant was, you know, doing, you know, in the um, private room era. So like, you know, when it dropped, you know, and I, I would play it in a club where I would, um, you know, put it on mix CDs. I was like, where's, where's that song from? I'm like, yo, it's on the Shark Sound. It's, it's on the Shark Tale. So yeah, yeah. people give me the song, and I was like. Why the hell's the panty dropper on the Shark Tale soundtrack? Yeah, was yeah, a strong song, man. Yeah,
1: but we wrote it for Shark Tale. It was written for the music for the movie.
0: Wow, what? see that's something I had no idea. about. I thought it was just leftover a uh, leftover song. No, we, <laughs> we had we were actually we were working on soundtracks. You know, Dreamgirls.
1: We worked on a lot of soundtracks. Shark Tale. We worked on Shrek Three, Panda. Kung Fu Panda. I have songs on all those soundtracks, and um, that was just one of the soundtracks we were working on.
0: Cool. So, since you brought it up, let's get into Dream Girls.
1: Now, yeah, when yeah. Dream
0: Girls was um, first announced back in oh uh-huh. oh five, you know, I'm overseas, uh-huh. and like I was looking for Dream Girls, man, for like a year, you know, because I'm overseas, went to the desert. I even um, asked one of my good friends who's a critic out in LA, my homie uh, Mike, Michael uh, DeQuinn, shout out to him. Man, can you try to get a, you know, a screen of Dream Girls over here to the troops over here in the desert? Like, nah, man, I ain't got that much pool. But, you know, it's a right. movie, though. When you, see, you, know, if you get back from the desert, you come see it, you're going to like it. So the Dream soundtrack is just crazy. And. A song I'm going yeah, to ask about from dream big soundtrack is track number five on this, too. Perfect World, sung by the Campbell connection in the movie, but it's your vocals on the song. <laughs> yeah, I sang the song. Now, how did they, How did they? you know, manipulate your voice to right. make it sound like a 13-year-old? Because it's like... Well, so well, well what we... Do. Well, what we did was
1: my my son Steve Jr. was going to sing it at first, but he was he he, he kind of he didn't make the job, so I had to do it. So what we did was we just slowed it down. Uh, we just slowed it down just a little bit where I could sing it really strong and effective, and then um, when you you know when you speed it back up to regular speed then it it pitches your voice up a little bit. So that's how we did it so that I sound like I was 9 or 10 or something. But, yeah, that's me singing that. We did all 52 songs on Dream Girl. Yep. We're singing, me, Tank, and Eric Dawkins, we're singing all of the, step into the bedside, all of those songs. We're singing all those songs.
0: And how and overall, how was the experience working on um, Dreamgirls? Would you ever consider doing uh, another, um, another another musical?
1: Oh yeah, I loved it. You know, being in music, you're so you you kind of get boxed into the studio, the video. But when you're working on a film, it just opens up to a whole different experience. So it's like when we got a chance to do New Jack City it was the same thing. We had to get we got to get a song on the lead single for the soundtrack of that movie. So for Dreamgirls to to be around Eddie Murphy and he got everybody laughing. I mean, it's just being around uh, Beyonce, so down to earth and beautiful and talented. I just just to be amongst great people and you're being the the best great you can be. There's no other experience like it, man. It was Dreamgirls was amazing, man. And we even got a cameo in the movie in Dreamgirls. A lot of people don't know that. But the scene where uh, Eddie Murphy is in the studio singing Patience with the uh, young lady, oh my God, she's going to kill me. Got her name. Anyway, I will? Yes. We're in the background. We're her background singers in that scene with that big afro. Or at least I
0: had a big afro on. <laughs> yeah. Anything else, Dream Girls? Still making noise Still doing your thing You did some songs Yeah I alter Altered your album You wrote one "Come Back Shorty Better Not To Know And yeah. a year later And,
1: and he actually <laughs> And he He actually Stole a song That he I produced a song Called I Ain't Tryna That he put on there That was That a song That I wrote And produced That he snuck on there Because he liked it so much Uh <laughs> And that's on there as well. And I think it was come back shorty come back to me shorty on that. Yep.
0: That's on, for you go.
1: Yeah. That's the song that I produced I wrote and produced that I was really happy about. I used to be in Twenty Four Hour Fitness and hear that song come on at the gym. So I knew that was a good song. I just I, I wanted to go in a different direction than what how you gonna act like that in the gos to be sound. We had already did that. And I saw everybody when we were working on the new Tyrese album, everybody was so R and B and so urban. And uh, I just wanted to do something a little more broad. And that's why I did come back to me shorty like that, which Tyrese was not a, he didn't really like the song, but Clive Davis loved it. So that's how it got on this album.
0: So Still on fire, still writing songs. You know, you wrote for Chris Brown, you wrote for um Charlie Wilson around that time. But one of your biggest songs in 08 was a little ditty called Nowhere by Miss Jordan Sparks featuring Chris Brown.
1: Now do no you guys clear.
0: have any idea that song would take off the way that it the way that it did?
1: Well, um, Being a person that's been involved with a lot of hit records for a long time, Um, funny story, Uh, I was late to the studio, and James Fauntleroy, you know, the guy who wrote all of the uh, 24-karat magic stuff with Bruno Mars, that album, anyway, James, they had already had no air in process. So when I got to the studio and saw that I was missing the record because it it, it sounded like a, a it was going to be a, a incredible song. So when I got to the studio, I I made them feel like it was something missing. I was like, you know, they was all pumped up, you know, because, you know, when you're working on songs all the time, you know, you would love to get a song going and it's just two people on the song. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, when I got to the studio and I heard it to myself, I was like, oh, my God, this is... A, Amazing. So, when they asked me, like, what you think, man, what you think? I said, uh it's okay. I was <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's missing something, you know. And I knew once I said it was missing something, they were going to put me in the vocal booth to do better. I knew it. And when they put me in the, you know, when he sent me in the vocal booth to do something on the song, that's when I came up with the, somehow oh, you me, you know, the home run, you know what I mean? And it just worked out perfect, man. And then when it turned into a duet with Chris Brown, I had to rewrite the verses. I had to rewrite Chris's Chris Brown's part. And, I, I, you know, of course we didn't know. You know, we're just writing stuff that feels good. We don't know that the public is going to take to it in any kind of way. But it turned out to be number one in 13 countries, uh, remade like seven times.
0: Even remade
1: country and western, so it's definitely the biggest song that I've ever written in my career. (laughs) You know that got that kind of attention.
0: So writing for, um, you know, Chris Brown, personal issues aside, we've seen Chris really come up. You know, grow up in federal eyes and everything. He's been in the game for 15 years now. As someone that's worked with yeah. Chris, we've you, even seen the best Chris Brown yet, or does he still have much more to give us? Uh, Chris Brown's
1: amazing. Chris Brown's the greatest, bro. He's the guy. Chris Brown has proven that he's here to stay. That he's he's the guy, man. He's absolutely. He's turned. He he was smart enough to be around great songwriters and not try to force himself in the way he would he would just do and do what we needed him to do and be the best Chris Brown he could be. Now he's writing all of his own songs. You know, he's just amazing, man. He's he's developed into an absolutely amazing uh songwriter and producer and superstar, man. Uh uh bravo to Chris Brown, man. I've I've known him since he was 14, man. He was a great kid. And he's a great person, still, you know, as far as having adversities in life what would be what would life be like if you can't overcome adversity? you know what I mean, no matter what the particular is, if you're not overcoming overcoming something in your life, you're not really living you know what i mean so I, no think doubt. He's, I think he's absolutely amazing, I think he's the best oh yeah
0: crazy um crazy live he performance. He
1: just had he just had uh, no, no, what's the name of the song he did with Drake? <laughs> That's the best song on the planet. Come on, chance it's just for the next O-E. <laughs> Oh, man, no, I think Chris Brown's amazing. I think
0: he's great. Oh, yeah, he's definitely, Um, he's, he's on another, um, another. Yeah, he's on stratosphere right now. College. Yeah. Like what he's crossed over into and how just, you know, they just love. Chris Brown. Now, I I do think mm-hmm. that um, personally, just just my opinion. You know, give me the on it. That's why I said I don't think he's giving us his classic, classic album you know, like you know his thriller, his um, off the wall, purple rain. It's it's coming though, but I don't think he's gotten there just yet. Only because of how the music is is you know, Because it's now you know streaming. Yeah, you're same. good, can,
1: man. Yeah, the only reason why is because he's doing, he's playing the game, he's giving the people what they want while they want it. But his thriller, his off the wall is there, and he's definitely on his way to that. Especially if he, 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 if the light bulb comes on for him to fill the room up with Steve and Eric and a bunch of bad. (laughs) then he's definitely on his way to a thriller, yes, sir. So.
0: One thing that I want to commend you on is um, you really adapted to the streaming age. And Mm -hmm. there was a time, man, when every single Friday or Tuesday, I would always go into iTunes and type your name in just for some new Steve Russell music. It it got to a point, bro, where I had to go and buy iTunes gift cards because you were dropping so much music, especially back in 2014. Like, yo, man, Steve is killing the game. Just dropping album after album after album. I mean, The Wedding Singer, the exclusive edition for So Random, Manipulated, just, like, music for days.
1: Now, wow. one thing I want to
0: ask you during that time frame is Shelter, the remix. Now, folks, wow, Mr. Russell was able to get <laughs> – Joe Little from the Rude Boys on this track, I'll Be Sure, Keith Washington, Elliot Yalmeen, and Howard Hewitt, all on the same track. Yes, sir. How did you do that? Like, how, how, how did that uh, all come together? I
1: I, I had an idea, um, like a secret garden. I loved the song Shelter, and I wanted to, I, I had this secret garden kind of idea. And, you know, those are my friends. So I, honestly I just call people that I I deal with as on a friendly basis. Howard Hewitt, you know, even though I idolized him growing up, he turned out to be one of my one of my main homeboys. You know what I mean? Uh Joe Little. I grew up with Joe Little, so and, and like I said, Elliot, we had some great chemistry. So when I called him, of course he said yes. And Keith Washington, I've been knowing Keith Washington for ages. So everybody that I called, they were just you know, I, you know and I'll be sure. I've always been a big fan of his, not knowing that he was an incredible fan of mine. So when I called Al and asked him to be a part of it, he, he couldn't wait. So it was just, you know, the stars are lining up for me, man. And everybody participated. Everybody had a, you know, I, I actually did the song on everybody individually. So I have I have a shelter version on all those guys.
0: <laughs> cool. Hopefully you, know. you uh Drop that one day.
1: Yeah, so, I might. Mm-hmm.
0: So Shelter was on your Wedding Singer album, another concert yeah. album, in my opinion. Now, The Wedding yeah. Singer is just a positive, organic um, album. And, you know, even though I have been married for six years when that joint dropped, yeah. um, had had you released The Wedding Singer in 08, there's some songs on that album that probably would have played a part in my, um, <laughs> you know, wedding party. That, that, that's how strong that wow, album cool, so How'd you, um, what was the writing process behind The Wedding Singer?
1: Uh, just to, to, to do a compilation of love songs, uh, because it was going out and I saw that music was changing because everybody was, they was talking a certain way to women and I was like, okay, dang, this is changing. But the women like it too. So I said, well, let me just, you know, before I have to try to reinvent myself and do stuff that's just not natural to me, I just wanted to do an album of love songs that that could last forever, that people, you know, people could use for weddings or, you know, listen to in a time where you just want to feel love. That was my point, was just to do a love album, you know, Without any without any uh, feeling boxed in and have to have songs that fit this or that just strictly love songs like how you put a Stevie Wonder album on you know and it's, it's just all about love that's what it was based on.
0: Cool. It's a it's a dope project man like once again folks if you guys haven't heard Steve Russell's the Wedding Singer project check that out on all your streaming platforms. And the deep album, I'm going to keep big up in And you have to put a heart in it. Because I found my father's
1: family, so I added Hearts to my name. So a few of those albums is under Stephen Russell Hearts. I think the wedding singer is Stephen Russell Hearts.
0: I, I think the only one that, that.
1: Stephen Russell is just the first album, so random. The other ones are Stephen yeah, Russell yeah, you Hearts. For my why, you
0: added, um, why you added Hearts to your last night. I thought it was because like, you were singing about love. But you added um parts to your last name. So without no, slowing I down.
1: Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, so without slowing down, um, Troop is still making noise and additionally you doing your solo stuff. So a couple of songs that Troop bands that Troop dropped, you know, over the past couple of years, because they never really slowed down. I mean Troop was like, you know, Mr. Russell, they would always drop a song, you just got to look for it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah One of my exactly. things for the last 10 years is Forever, and then you guys oh. had Not in a Million Years, yeah. Pick Up Your Money, you had the Santa Can You Help Me single. <laughs> I told you, man, I'm a, yeah. I'm a true fan. I forgot,
1: hey, I forgot about Pick Up Your Money. That is funny. That's a pretty cool song, too, man.
0: I'm so sure you guys are going to find a new album? Are you, just, are you guys just going to focus on doing – um singles in the streaming age?
1: Well, well, we're just going to deal with this. We're going to deal with music, how it is in the streaming age. Like, um, we're just like, um, we just released lady in my life, you know, me and Alan, um, we just did the video for forever. So we're just going to do singles and just, you know, just keep music out there, you know, because there's millions of people stopping through iTunes and TuneCore and all these places. Finding music they've never heard before—it's almost like a treasure hunt, you know. So we're gonna always drop new singles. Um, we're not focused on an album right now, but we are getting ready to do another record.
0: Cool, cool. All right. So before we close out, you know, I got to—I got to give you some uh, some hard questions. About five hard questions. that you put on that thinking cap and see what you come up with. All right. So the first joint is. Grew up in Pasadena, California, so you know I gotta ask. Like I asked ask all California natives, the Clippers or the Lakers.
1: Lakers, duh.
0: <laughs> What's the man about Nothing. I think it was. You know, I,
1: but I support the Clippers too. They're from home. I'm not a hater, but you know, Lakers, of course, yeah. Black Mamba all what's day.
0: The, um, what's the best spot to get a um, burger in, in Pasadena?
1: In Pasadena? Yes, sir. Lucky boys, yes. Lucky boys, Lucky Boy's on cool. Royal Highway or Boulevard? A Royal yeah. Highway, a Boulevard in Pasadena.
0: Who's the one artist that you haven't written for yet that you would love to bless with your pen game?
1: Uh, I would love to get in the studio with like a, a Ty Dollar Sign right now. You know, I would love to get in the studio with Drake because Drake can sing. So I would love to get to, to mix it up with those guys or or even Babyface. I want to get back in the studio with Kenny,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: but as far as young artists, like a tie dollar sign Drake, uh something like that, Roddy Rich, you know, the guys that sing, you know, um Young Thug. I could mess with all those dudes right now.
0: Was there ever a chance to record anybody in New Edition? in your prime days?
1: Uh well I have a a record I just did on Ricky Bell called um Behind Your Back that is going to be released pretty soon. Oh, um, uh-huh. I shit. Just, I just recorded that not too long ago, so that's going to be exciting. Um, but that's it. Me and, me and Ralph are really cool. We haven't recorded anything recently, though. Um, but, yeah, I, I love New Edition, man. Those are my guys.
0: Well, man, it's dope. You wrote something for um. Ricky, because quiet as a cat, man. Ricky don't get his just to do from well, see, Ricky
1: Bell. I mean, Ricky
0: Bell, what's me? Think <laughs> like, I, I, I say that. I say that, you, because, um, Ricky you know. Again, you know, I'm a, he's, he's Ricky, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I say that because you know, being a former DJ, you know, I would always like give people. You know, not random songs, but songs they might not know, and so I would always Right, right, right. You know, it's like, you know, I can play um When LC Smile Again and all that. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a track on the book, on BBD's album, the first one called I Do Need You, Ricky Kills yeah. that shit. Yeah, yeah. It's no a track question. on the second album called Please Come Back, Ricky Kills yeah. that shit. So I like, you know, people yeah. don't know how yeah. strong he really is locally. All right, so before we close well, it uh, out Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. So now, uh, so for, for, before we close out, a big question, musical question. So Ava DuVernay approaches you, and she tells you, "Steve, I'm doing a musical centered on Steve Russell's catalog. It's a jukebox musical. What five songs from your catalog, from your ping game, must be included in that musical?" Mm. Uh No Air Uh
1: uh uh Come Back to Your Home from the Deeper album um, Invisible, Invisible, song I got my first Grammy on, Jennifer Hudson, me and Lil' Tiff. Um, all I Do Is Think of You. Uh and I don't know, Sweet November, man. Sweet November is, is, is such a beautiful. I didn't write that, but that song is a soul song. Sweet November is one of the, uh, uh, one of the, my favorite songs. So I would say those five. But I mean, I like why you want to change I had an attitude when I wrote that.
0: <laughs> and like I said, bro, you know your pen game speaks for your pen game speaks for itself, man. I mean, hits for days, yeah. uh, songs for days. I mean, even. Even if we don't play the troop stuff, the songs you have written for other people is just—it's crazy. And I'm like, man, you can—you yeah. can just yeah, because it we, didn't you mention, we didn't even
1: mention—we didn't even mention the, the songs on Charlie Wilson, you know, one of my idols. You know, Charlie Wilson was on my wall next to Michael Jackson, and I got a chance have to be in the it? studio, and oh my god, oh, I'm not mad about
0: you it Charlie Wilson. Can't live without you.
1: Can't live without you. My favorite is um, what if I'm the one, though. I did I, th- I did. homeless. What if I'm the one, just can't live without you, and love, love. Those four. And my favorite out of those four is um, what if I'm the one and just can't live without you. We
0: also going to bring up... Um, your stuff with Marcus Houston, who you really helped oh, yeah. uh mature. Yeah, yeah.
1: That uh that yeah, I on one up? of my. Yeah, one of my um that's the song Naked that I wrote with Tank. That was one of the strongest number one urban songs that I've ever written. Um that song um on one oh six in Park, they couldn't they couldn't um they had to get it they had to just drop it off of the number one spot without anything actually taking its place, that end got to be, had to be removed from the number one spot on BET. Naked was one of my favorite songs, too. That was my Prince. You know, people don't. People always, you know, they know that I love Michael Jackson, but they have no idea that Prince is just, he, I, I love Prince just the same. <laughs> you know.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to uh, give you one more, you know, that another classic joint people, people might not know that you wrote. Donnell Jones, Una Oh, yeah. The, yeah. People don't know I
1: do that. <laughs> like I said, yeah, Donnell Jones, Donnell Jones, again, that's one of my good friends, man. That's, he's like my brother. Uh, and, yeah, I had an opportunity to work with him uh, and we came out with Una And A lot of people don't, I don't think a lot of people know that song. I don't think. You
0: know, I mean? It was, it was a single, but I uh, you know, it, it's a uh, single but I don't think it really caught traction. Like, you know, he yeah, has didn't to catch die on. Yeah. He has to die on, you know,
1: uh, uh, I would love um I gotta talk to talk to him about doing something now. We could kill something right now.
0: Yeah, man, and you know, once again, bro, I just I I wanna thank you for um not only as a uh R and B fan, but just man, for the music that you've given us, um, you know, time and time again and I mean, like, you know, your music that you've written has played such a integral part in my life. And just like I tell folks, you know, when I was when I was in the desert serving my country, when I was overseas away from my family, you know, in Europe and I'm single and everything, like R and B music. Really helped me out a lot, you know. Kept me sane and kept yeah. me um, believing, and the goal. Yeah. Miss Blade is out there, and you know, again, I, you know, I go back to the the deep album and the, the, the Taking My Heart With You. That Edron right there, man. I can't tell you how many times I played that song before before I met my wife, and when, when I met my wife, finally, you know, in '07 when we were dating, you know, we were kind of doing the long distance thing. But I would always play that song every time her and I would uh separate, you know, not separate yeah. as a couple, but separate like you know, she has to go back to her parents' house. I go back to mine and I'm driving home or she's driving home, like I can always play that song 'cause you know, it resonated with me everything you guys were singing about and everything you guys were talking about. So man to man, you know, as a fan, thank you for you know, writing class material for twenty plus years and Folks, I highly, highly urge you to check out Mr. Russell's catalog. Search Steve Russell. Search Steve Russell Hearts. Read the album credits. Just, you know, this brother right here doesn't get enough respect, put on his name, for everything he's done for RB, you know, since 1988. So we're talking, you know, 30-plus years in the game, writing hits, writing quality music before he could legally drink Mr. Steve Russell, AKA Steve and Russell Hart. So once again, put some respect on this man's name. Yeah, put some respect on
1: it. Gonna, Is we, is we done or is we finished?
0: <laughs> and I'm, gonna this of stopping by.
1: I'm just kidding, man. Yeah, I'm gonna, put some respect <laughs> on it. Dog. No, I appreciate you, man. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. I want to thank you again, brother, for um, stopping by to, you know chop it up me and everything looking forward to whatever you guys might be dropping in 2020 2021 once this covid is um is over so we're yeah, and I want to tell everybody
1: I want to tell all, all the listeners to go and get my new album it's called Trapsity it's under my alias Lil Steve my aka uh little Steve Trapsity um the single lady in my life is on the album and my current single all night long the song I'm getting ready to release the video to um, is the single so everybody check that out and then follow me on Instagram yeah. Stephen Russell hearts with two s yo
0: cool cool and before we go folks I'm gonna leave you all with a quote just about respect so respect for ourselves guides our morals respect for others guides our manners and if you didn't know mr. Russell let them know what the acronym for truth was. We're talking about respect.
1: Total respect of other people.
0: And no better than any line. of you. I'm Derek Dunn. Yes, this is done. Until next time, be inspired, be blessed, and keep your head to the sky. Dunn out. Yo, what's
1: up? This is Damon Crazy Lakes all from the r Group Guy. And remember, you're in the mix with Review and Done with my man, Derek. Check him out.